0: Thank you once again, pastor and wife, for inviting us to come to this desk once again today. And uh, what an honor it is to be able to talk to you good folk for a few minutes. And I trust and pray that we have got something that will be of worth and a blessing to you. I uh, I don't know if, I think I caught it. I don't think they taught it. But uh, way back, they seemed to imply to me that in the last days, it would be called the Laodicean Church Age. And in that day, the, the preacher's hands would be tied. And I could visualize that my hands would be handcuffed to the pulpit and that I could preach this, but I couldn't preach that. I could preach this, but I couldn't preach that. In other words, they would tell me what to preach. And I kept waiting and kept waiting and kept waiting. And uh, I believe with all my heart, we are living in the last days. We're living in the Laodicean church age. I come to the conclusion it's not tying me to the book. But what it is, preacher, preach it. Everything you want to preach. We're not going to fuss with you. We're not going to argue with you. But when you get through, we're going to get up, and we're going to go outside and do just exactly like we want to. And I feel today that that's the, the spirit of our age. Oh, amen. Yeah. God help us, yeah. amen, to understand and to know what an opportunity is to come to the house of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Great. That's good. Great. And if you are a visitor for the first time, please don't judge what you're about to hear from me uh, as as something that would really represent. But come back next Wednesday night and hear this great man of God. He's, he'll have a wonderful message for you. In fact, um, you've got a very unique situation. Uh, most churches only have about one elder. But this church has got five. <laughs> Amen. And so you're in wonderful hands. Can you say, "Praise the Lord"? Praise the Lord. My wife, Lord bless you, may be. Seen.
1: the shadow of the Almighty and I will say of the Lord He is my refuge and He is my fortress and in Him will I ever put my trust oh hallelujah He removes all cares He goes And what? To-
0: here today was born before 1945. I've got a little company here. I'm living on borrowed time. I'm past that three score ten. <clears throat> I ran across something here a while back that might share a few thoughts with you. <clears throat> Said we are survivors Said consider the change we have witnessed those that was born before 1945. We were before television. We were before penicillin. We were before polio shots, frozen foods, Xerox, contact lens, Frisbee's, and the pill. We were before radar. Credit cards, split atoms, laser beams, ballpoint pens, pantyhose, dishwashers, clothes dryers, electric blankets, air conditioning, drip dry clothing, and before a man walked on the moon. <clears throat> we got married first and then lived together. How quaint can you be? In our times, closets were for clothes, not for coming out of. Bunnies were small rabbits, and rabbits were not Volkswagens. Ford designer jeans, scheming girls named Jean, and having a meaningful relationship meant getting along with our cousins. We were before house husbands, gay rights, computer dating, dual careers, computer marriage. We were before daycare centers, group therapy, and nursing homes. We never heard of FM radio, tape decks, electric typewriters, Time-sharing meant togetherness, not, com- uh, not computers it's, uh, or condominiums. A chip meant a piece of wood. Hardware meant hardware. Software wasn't even a word. <laughs> 1940, was, that was made in Japan, meant junk. And the term making out referred to how did you do on exam. <laughs> we had never heard of pizzas, McDonald's, instant coffee. We hit the scene we hit the scene when there were five and ten cent stores where you bought things for five and ten cents. The corner drugstore sold ice cream combs for a nickel and a double dip for a dime. For one nickel, you could ride a streetcar, make a phone call, buy a Pepsi, or enough stamps to mail one letter and two postcards. You could buy a new Chevy Coupe for $600, but who could afford one? <laughs> a pity, too, because gasoline was only 11 cents a gallon. What days, huh? In our days, cigarette smoking was fashionable. Grass was mowed. Coke was a cold drink. And pot was something you cooked in. Rock music was grandma's lullaby. And aides were helpers in the principal's office. We were certainly not before the difference between sexes was discovered but we were surely before the sex change. We made do with what we had, and we were the last generation that was so dumb as to think you need the husband to have a baby. No wonder we are so confused, and there's such a generation gap, but we survived. thought I'd just share that little bit of information with you. I'm glad to see still be in the land of the living. I'd like to go today to, I guess, one of the saddest stories in the Bible. And uh, it's, it, it really, really should grip our hearts thank what's awaiting for us if we don't prepare to meet god turn with us today to the book of saint luke we start reading it tonight at the 16th verse pardon me at the 19th verse and we'll conclude at verse 31 Can i cannot tell you how much i appreciate the invitation i'm sorry luke 16 Luke chapter 16, and we start reading it, verse 19. Appreciate the invitation that's been extended to us, the kind remarks, the hospitality of this church, and how tenderly and uh, that your pastor and his wife have been so kind to us to make our stay so comfortable and we appreciate all the blessings. And uh, I uh, I realize you're standing, but I noticed he had something to say about tithing. Yeah. Now, in case you knew, we're not talking about what we got wrapped around our neck. <laughs> it's what you put in those envelopes. I, Started paying tithes a long time before I got the Holy Ghost. And, and because I did, I was a gambler. I, my mother would hold, on, hold me every Sunday morning and beg me not to go where they were gambling. And I said, i got to go. She said, they've been waiting on your payday all week. And sure enough, they got it. But I started paying tithes only God knows and God set me free God set me free I do not have time do not have time I won't take time to go into everything that happened but I thank the Lord for tithe pay. Amen uh, we, we retired from pastoring in 93 and of course For one reason, it wasn't really noise abroad, I don't guess, about the Marcus's being available to preach a little day, day out and a half, here and there. So 93 was not not checkered with a lot of places to go. I had an evangelist come one time and preach for me. He said, when I got in a tight financially, he said I started paying 20% time. island isn't it either you're not in debt or you don't believe in paying tithes and so I told the Lord I said Lord I said if you will open up doors for us to preach I said "Uh, I'll pay you 20% on my offerings and guess what I've been busy as much as we possibly could make and i i want to assure you that um, if you don't pay tithes it would be dangerous to let you into heaven although you won't get there because if you'd steal from god here you would sure enough steal steal the, the gold off the streets in heaven Luke chapter 16 verse 19 I guess I better get down to business The law and the prophets were Until John I'm I'm sorry 19 There was a certain rich man Which was clothed in purple And fine linen And fared sumptuously every day And there was a beggar Named Lazarus Which was laid at his feet At his gate full of sores, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which which fell from the rich man's table, moreover the dogs came and licked his sores. came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. He cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water. Cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, likewise Lazarus' evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And beside all this, between us and you, there is, a great, there is a great guff fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house for I have five brethren that he may testify unto them lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham said unto him, they have Moses and the prophets let them hear him, yet let them hear them. He said, nay, father Abraham, but if one went unto him from the dead, they will repent. Abraham said unto him, if they hear not Moses and the prophets Neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. Father, thank you for this beautiful day to serve you, this beautiful sanctuary that has been prepared for our comfort and for our well-being. It is very conducive for your presence alone. Thank you for this precious people who have come today. We don't know what tomorrow will hold. But this one thing, Lord, we pray that somehow or another that we could prepare, that we could get our lamps full of the Holy Ghost oil, in order that we might hear you say, well done. And in order for us to hear you say, well done, we have got to do well here in this world. We commend the re- remainder part of this service into your wonderful hands. In Jesus' name, and everybody said praise the Lord. Praise Would you please? I'd like to read an, another scripture or two. You don't have time probably to turn. But First Corinthians one and twenty one, it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them which believed. You notice it's not foolish preaching, but by the foolishness of preaching. <clears throat> there is a process that has to take place in in an individual, whether you're going to heaven, or whether you're being trained for a position or calling, would be a better way to put it. Put it. The ministry is something that's very, very unique. <clears throat> we just don't up and decide one day that we want to be a preacher. There is is a chain of events that takes place. I realize today that I'm on an elevated platform, and you're seated, and there's times that I don't feel too comfortable with that, but it's not putting emphasis upon the man, but it's putting emphasis upon the calling. And if you will believe that man that's got a calling, amen, you can be saved. You have um, the awesome liberty that you can reject it. What a shame. Because we're not here to do you harm, but we're here to do you good. Amen. Amen. Your pastor has had to make a lot of right turns. That's what living for God and going to heaven is all about. Always when you're coming to a decision, you're able to work it out and make a right turn. There is a possibility that you can go head on and you wind up in a dead end street. But if you're smart, you come back and pick up the track where you left it. Amen. And uh, there are situations, experiences, battles, trials, temptations that you never know what a man of God goes through. Amen. He has to love people who are unlovable. He has to pray for people who will not pray for themselves. And you put all that together and you call that a pastor. Amen. He will never travel so far but what he's not conscious of you. Every day when he gets up regardless of where he's at you're in his thoughts. Your well-being is in his thoughts. Amen. I uh, he was a, a great pastor in Porter, Texas. And uh, he received the Holy Ghost, prayed through in our church when he was much younger and I'm much younger. And so we, uh, when we retired in 93, we decided to go there and, and make that our church home. And he said, the reason why I want Sister Marcus to come is that uh, I want her to come and take care of all the music, the organ, the piano, and the choir. And said, the reason I want Brother Marcus to come is because, said, when I was a young preacher under him, said he, he worked on me and he tried to work on all the rough spots on me. And he said, now I want him to come because I think he's got a few rough spots. <laughs> and... Uh, good part about that you can call area code 281 354 1780 That's what I wouldn't sound right you can ask Reverend Jerry Green where is that fella called Marcus and he'll tell you where I'm at I said all that to say this it's good for my pastor to know how to pray for me you need to let your pastor know why you're not in church. So he will know how to pray for you. Ephesians 4, 11, 13. Paul is writing. He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Listen to this. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the statute and the fullness of Christ. What what a message in that verse 13, what a message. I would like to define preaching for you. It's expounding the word of God. It's to advocate earnestly. It's to deliver a message from God. It's proclaiming the good news It's God's message to mankind. Throughout the history of the world, preaching has been very, very effective and has accomplished its purpose. For instance, Jonah did not want to go to Nineveh. He went in another direction. God prepared a great fish or a whale and vomited him out on the shore of Nineveh after he promised that he would go. He uh, went down the streets of Nineveh, crying, "Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be destroyed. Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be destroyed. Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be destroyed. Destroyed. No promise. No compassion." No love, just judgment. Just judgment. Those heathen folk decided that maybe they could change God's mind. The pastor had no love for them or the preacher. He just had judgment. But they did not fall out with God. They said, even though that man might be telling the truth, there's a chance that maybe we can get the heart of God, and you know that they did. Then David is a king on the throne. He had the authority and the power to cut people's head off. David, you know, had fell in sin, and long come the preacher. I want to ask Nathan, when I get there, what was your thought standing there with your long bony finger on a king's nose? And when he had given the parable of the rich man taking the poor man's one little yo lamb and, and killing it, David said, where is that man? He's got to die. And the man of God... Facing any, any willing to face all consequences He said you're the man You're the man The Bible said that David Crawled off of that throne And began to repent before God What an awesome message Philip after the day of Pentecost Went down to Samaria And began to preach Christ unto them And the Bible said, if you read in Acts, the fifth, eighth chapter, the Bible said that there was great joy come to that city because a preacher had come and started preaching. Amen. I, uh, I have had a few people in my lifetime of living for God and preaching the word of God to come and repent of their sins and get the Holy Ghost. But, oh, what a message the Apostle Peter preached that day. Wasn't very long. It was just a matter of words. But the Bible said 3,000 people got the Holy Ghost. Amen. One message. 3,000 people got the Holy Ghost. One message. Oh, what preaching? Can anybody... Be saved without a pastor. Can anybody be saved without a pastor? Some people seem to think that yeah, but he puts his pants on one leg at a time just like I do. But it's more than that. I pray I have a message today for someone here. I pray that something that will be said not only will stir you, but will change you. And that's what preaching is all about. I'd like to show you today in this, in this set of verses of Scripture that, that even though someone rose from the dead, if I'm in the will of God, and in the place that God wants me, with God's message, I am more powerful, and your pastor is more powerful, than someone that would come back from hell, and with the flames of that eternal fire falling off of them. Or you'd be stirred for a little while, but after after that scare got off, you would revert back to your same old lifestyle. But if you will listen to the man of God with the word of God, it will change you. It will change you. It will change you. you. Why come? Why give? Why not be willing? Help me, Lord, to change. To not go home the same way I come. And not go home the same person that I was. Because I come in contact with the word of God. Why did not Abraham send Lazarus? Why did not Abraham send Lazarus? This is a very sorrowful story. Amen in our, in our reading today And we go back to the 16th chapter And verse 22 Came to pass that the beggar died And was carried by the angels Into Abraham's bosom The rich man also died And was buried Two, two deaths but one funeral Two deaths but one funeral The beautiful part about this is that the angels carried Lazarus to the bosom of Abraham. The rich man died, and he went to hell. What a contrast. What a contrast. The Lazarus lay at his gate begging for the crumbs that fell from the rich man's table. Evidently, no compassion and no love, but he was acquainted with him because he recognized him in eternity. Amen. No doubt the rich man had the greatest of doctors to treat him, but all that Lazarus had was a dog would come by once in a while and lick his soul. Someone said that they had made a study of the saliva of a dog's mouth and they found that it contained penicillin. So the Lord sent that special ointment, the saliva of a dog, to cool those sores, no doubt make them bearable. But they was, there, was, there was a rich man who died. Oh, uh, what kind of celebrity, politician, a great man in your city. When he, he may not care all that much about church, but every once in a while he put a little money in the kitty for the church. But when he, got, when he died, they brought him to the church. And oh, what words they did use to describe the benevolent man. And they were assured of the fact that the rich man was in heaven because of all that he had here. But the Bible opens up and pulls back the curtain of eternity and lets us view with accuracy, without doubt, amen, what is behind. Yonder's curtain. Oh, I don't know about you. I haven't got it made. Salvation is the miracle of the moment. But becoming a saint of God is a lifetime task. Amen. It's It's not an easy road sometimes, but it's a rewarding road. To live for God. To know what waits for us over yonder and what we are being saved from. Oh, I'm glad I got the Holy Ghost today. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <clears throat> then, then in verse 23, pardon me, yeah, verse 23, it said, And he inhaled he lifted up his eyes, being in torment, and seeing Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Verse 24, he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in these flames. Hallelujah. You notice that he cried, Father Abraham tells me that evidently he must have been a Jew. He must he, he to must have recognized him. And then he must have realized that Abraham knew how to intercede. Because Abraham one time interceded before God and saved the judgments of God off of Sodom and Gomorrah one more day. because he wanted to give the angels time to go there and see if they could find ten righteous people. You may not care too much about us and our lifestyle, our, our, our trying to live holy and godly, talk right and spit right and walk right, but there might come a day, amen, that when God calls us home and you're left behind. I shudder to think about that, to think that you were able to come and walk in on this beautiful green carpet, sit on these wonderful pews, listen to the singing and the godly admonition of your pastor today, and then get up and walk out of here lost, headed for a devil's hell, a car wreck, a pain in the chest, or a fever fever. In the, in the brow, and it could all be good night. Someone else would spend your money, someone else would wear your clothes, no doubt. Someone else would drive your car. All the plans that you spend a lifetime waiting that you might enjoy it. Now all of a sudden you're in eternity. Oh, what a solemn day it is. Somehow, or another. I get the feeling. I hope I'm wrong, but it seems to me that the door of opportunity, that back in the early 1900s was swung open wide. A preacher could just get up and talk a little bit, quote Acts 238, play a little tune on an old guitar, maybe minus of a string or two. People would run to the altar because the door was open. Why, why? But today, It seems to me, I hope I'm wrong, for your sake. I feel sorry for you if you come to the door and it's closed so tight that you can't make it in. You have my sympathy. I'm not here to hurt you. I'm not here to to berate you. But I'm here to offer you a beautiful plan of salvation. Something that will make your life better here and for sure in the other world. I never had to give up a thing to live for God, but what I would not have to give it up when I die. Amen. Amen. Something tells me that when you, a Holy Ghost person goes out into eternity, there's a change. But search that Bible out. Or your own self, and see when a lost person dies, there's no change. The same old habits, the same old desires, the same old afflictions, the same old diseases is going to follow you throughout all eternity. And so today I do my best to open the door wide for you. Hallelujah. And if I can't get it wide enough, I believe the loving hands and the arms of this pastor. And this church will gently carry you and push you through at an altar of prayer. But no one has any authority to make you. You sit where you want to sit. You sing if you want to sing. Amen. And you can come to God if you want to. Or you get up and walk out. But one day, it'll be the last church service. It'll be the last message. It'll be the last song. And it'll be good night. Oh, I hope and pray, church, that you'd sit in prayer today. Somehow or another, we, we might could reach him. You notice he called Abraham father, father. Abraham called him son, son. He must have had, you know, been really touched by the scene. He, it seems that, you know, he had such compassion for him that uh, he he did not call him you old, hard-hearted, God-rejecting sinner. But he said, son, son. It really makes a difference when you start living in eternity. Oh, it seems to me that it can't be much longer. What a holler place, not a hollow, what a holler sound will be. What vacancy will be in this city. When that angel puts one foot on land and one foot on the water and blows that trumpet and declares that time shall be no more. The church is already gone. It's there in the presence. Ah, uh, they may not think too much of us today. but What about when we're gone? they will going to realize who we were and what it was all about. There won't be no need of calling up the pastor because he won't, he won't answer. There won't really be no need of you running to this church because there'll be a, an emptiness. One of, the, one, of the, one of the saddest places to be in eternity. Without God, without God, there is, a, there is a void. There is a vacancy. You cannot go nowhere in this world where he's not. And when that is gone, when the church is gone, and his presence is gone, what a tormenting, tormenting spirit it will be. When finally decided that Abraham couldn't send Lazarus and they couldn't bring the rich man to Lazarus, then all of a sudden he got a burden for his home, his five brothers. He said, would you please send Lazarus back and let him preach to my five brothers that they would not come to this place. Oh, you've got someone there today screaming and crying and suffering and dying, but never dying. And you're lost here today. They're screaming, Brother Marcus, warn them not to come to this place. Warn them not to come to this place. Warn them not to come to this place. Abraham said, though, if one rose from the dead, they wouldn't believe. He said, if they won't believe Pastor Elder and his invited guests to stand this pulpit. They wouldn't believe though one rose from the dead. Can you think about how impressive that would be? How, how, it, would, how it would just shake us to our very being to stand in the awesome presence Never, never dying soul. The flesh will go back to the grave. from The dirt from which it comes. The spirit will go to the Father. Amen. Amen. But the soul of man. The soul of man. The preacher wrote one time. Five minutes after I die. Five minutes minutes after I die where over will my soul be five minutes after I die if I were you today I'd come to this altar I'd get this pastor I'd get the saints of God and say pray for me pray for me I don't want to go to hell I don't want to leave this service unprepared to meet my God and my maker to think there's a possibility walking on the beautiful green carpet sitting on these beautiful pole, pole, pews, hearing the wonderful singing, listen to the burden of the pastor and then get up and walk out and leave all this and go into eternity. Pastor, could you give me an estimation of how far it is from here to that back wall? 60 feet? We're just the furthest one away from life eternal is just 60 feet. Not very far. Nobody will, will bind you. Nobody will restrain you. But upon your own volition, you can get up out of that view. Come running to or walking to this altar today. Clean people. Honorable people. People that keep their word and pay their debts. People full of the Holy Ghost. No cigarette stain on their fingers. Their hand hasn't gripped a bottle of beer. But they've lived godly and holy. Amen. They'll come and they'll cry over you. They'll pray with you. And then encourage you to repent of all your sins so that God can give you the Holy Ghost. What an opportunity. What an opportunity. What an opportunity. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Would you what would, would you know today? Amen, that that even though God didn't bring Lazarus back from from eternity. If you read over there in that Bible just a little ways, you'll find that Jesus Christ did bring a man back From the dead named Lazarus did you get that the rich man said there'll be a revival in my home if Lazarus will go back from Abraham's bosom he just knew it would but according to the scripture said no said they'd be scared for a little while They'd that have, that have bad dreams at night, and jump up and screaming, and crying. And I don't go to hell, but after the scare's over, you'd fall right back in. Isn't it, isn't it strange that every year, around the first year, we make new resolutions? If, you know, if we'd go back and we'd make a, a record of all those, we'd go back and probably make the same ones every year, every year, but never keep them. You've got to have purpose to live for God. You're going to have a desire to live for God. Not only, not only do I want to go to heaven and be with the Lord Jesus Christ, but, oh, God, I don't want to go to the devil's hell. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's not just a ticket to escape the flames of hell, but it's so rewarding to think what's waiting for us over yonder. <laughs> Woo the throne. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Walking down streets of gold. Oh, to the marriage supper that'll last for a, a thousand years. You talk about a banquet. Hallelujah. I don't know why you could stay in this world and not be touched. And not be touched. Brother, Brother Elder, I don't know how, how this could fit into this. But it might be that my age, I don't really know. It could be the nearness of the rapture of the church. I don't really know. And then I've seen people in my time, amen, I've watched them as they held on to the pew in front of them, and I've actually watched their knuckles turn white. I've watched their face contort and twist. When conviction hit them. Oh God. When conviction hit them. They saw and they witnessed reality. And I've actually seen so in the spirit. That carnal hand. That cigarette stained hand. That beer drinking hand. That life of sin hand seem to me reach up and get a hold of the nail printed hand and say, not tonight. Not today. Consequently, I have begged God, give me something, Lord. Let me preach eternity longer than I've ever preached it. Let me preach heaven sweeter, kinder, more lovable than I ever have. And let me preach hell hotter 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 than I've ever preached it I'm a desperate man I'm not willing to just say a few words to tickle your intellect trying to go beyond that today beyond that flesh beyond that spirit and talk that never 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 Dying soul, that when you were born, according to Genesis 2 and 7, that God breathed a breath of life into that form called Adam. And the rest of that verse said, and man became a living soul. And man became a living soul i don't feel altogether, amen comfortable with the position that i'm about to offer i'm not so sure that i'm on safe ground but if you could could get a could get a promise out of this then maybe it would be worth my while i no doubt could be criticized in some areas of the ministry because I really, really have searched, have searched the Word of God. I remember, I remember my old uncle, he got his son, he drowned overseas. They brought him back and they said, my old uncle got his finger got his finger. He wanted to find out where Jimmy was at. He wanted to find one scripture. One scripture that might give him some comfort. But the last time I, I thought I, uh, was aware of it, he had not found one scripture because you've got to be born again of the water and of the spirit. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I uh Heard about a woman one time, a lady in the church. Oh, God, how horrible it is to bury a child that you're in question about. But she knew these boys, her boys, was not saved. And she said, my sons are in hell today begging for one drop of water. Can you believe that? And said, because they're begging for one drop of water, Amen. I'll never drink another glass of ice water. What? What a drop of water. The rich man said, Oh, what a drop of water. Come and cool my fortune fortune tongue. Suffering tongue. Burning tongue. Drop of water. Drop of water. A drop of water. Of drop of water. Really, what he was saying, it must have been, and this is Marcus's theology, what would one drop of water do for a burn? One drop of water. And now he's inhaled and on fire, but yet not being consumed. He's pleading, he's crying, he's begging for another chance, another chance. But it didn't come. Could it have been that Abraham and Lazarus was close to the river of life? Close to the river of life. And I'm convinced that one drop of that water would not only save an individual from a burning hell, but it would save you, your family. I believe just one drop of that that living water, just one drop of that living water, oh, hallelujah. Well, uh, this H2O won't do you no good. could give you a river of that, but that fire would turn it into steam. God help you, God help you not to leave here today with your mind made up. For if you do, there's a great possibility that you might be walking out on the blood of Jesus Christ. This could be your last chance to ever feel God. Church, are you praying? 1 Corinthians 5 and 5. To deliver such a one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. To deliver such a one unto Satan that the flesh might be destroyed. That the flesh might be destroyed. That the spirit might be saved. I'm not so sure that I'm real comfortable with this. But I, I want to be saved. I want to be saved. There was a pastor told his evangelist said, "Let's go to the hospital." Said we've got a a backslider there that's terminally ill. She's got cancer in the last stages. They went to pray for her, and uh, they knocked on the door. And heard the faint voice say come in and when they went in they saw a beautiful smile upon that woman's face and her words come out and said thank God pastor for cancer for cancer thank God for it why well you know I was a backslider and if I'd have died in a car wreck or some kind of a heart attack I wouldn't have been prepared. But because I've been laying here dying slowly, slowly, I realized I wasn't prepared to meet God. And I've been able to touch him one more time. <laughs> oh. God pity you today if you don't reach out after him. Oh, in my mind I can ev- I can envision hands in hell. And hands in hell. Reach in. Reach in. Reach in. Oh God. What an awesome responsibility that I assumed today when I walked in this auditorium. I could be the only thing standing between you and hell. Oh God. Help me, Lord. Church, would you pray? Church, would you pray? Amen amen I was acquainted with a little girl 15 years old Diane Jamar she was not a member of my church her uncle was a member of my church her uncle was a member of my church and one day he said brother Marcus Will you go and pray for my for my niece? Said she's dying with Hodgkin's disease. She's dying with Hodgkin's disease. I was not prepared, not prepared to to uh, to face what I was to face. I walked into a girl into a girl's room in the hospital. A little frail body, a little frail body, just bones and skin, hair all gone but just a, little, just a little bit up here on top, and the mother had meticulously platted a little plant, no bigger than a pencil, and tied a red ribbon around it. I stood there, I didn't know what to do. I was having to push back tears. I didn't want to break down and cry like a baby. About that time, there was another man come in. I was made aware that it was her pastor. He tickled her feet, and he began to tell funny things. And and so I realized that if, if I didn't get out of there, I was going to lose it. So I said, let's pray. I've got other appointments. He gladly did let me get out. I didn't know it for some days, but that little old dying girl said, Mother, said, I don't want the pastor to come back no more. But said, I want that man I just met to come back and be with me. With that request, there was times that I was about 25 or 30 miles pasting from the hospital. They'd call and say, Diane's going. Said, can you come? It happened more than one time. I'd run down there and God would bring her back for a few more days. The church had already made a commitment that any time that they called, Regardless of what I was doing, I was at liberty to walk out of the pulpit and go. They called one Sunday night in the middle of church service. They said, she's dying and she's calling for you. I got there as fast as I could. On this time, I didn't stop to visit in the foyer with family and friends. But I headed to that hospital room where Diane was at. In that room, in that room, there was a Catholic nun. It was a Catholic hospital. In that room was a mother bent over holding the hands of her dying daughter. At the foot of the bed was Uncle Bob reading Psalms 23. And I saw her lips moving. I saw her lips moving. I put my ear right down over that, right down over her lips. I never 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 shall forget she said brother marcus save me save me save me on that cold floor i fell down and i began to reach and i began to hold and i began to want to hold on that girl to keep the death from pulling her out of our hands. but death would not be denied It already engulfed that little girl. And out of my hands, and now that weeping mother, holding on with everything she could, death pulled that little girl out of our life. They requested that I preach the funeral. What a task. What a task. I missed her. I missed her. I didn't want to face it, but I had to face it. Sometime later, I went back to that graveyard. I stood beside or at the foot of the head of Diane's grave. I said, Diane, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I missed you. I missed you. I wanted to I wanted to. But death pulled you out of my Young people today that's not prepared to meet God. I'm reaching for you. I'm reaching for you. Backslider. I'm reaching for you. Oh church would you pray with me? Would you pray with me? Would you pray with me? Would you lay aside every way and never sin and run to this altar today I've got to be saved I've got to be saved I must be saved this way come on Jesus will you come will you stand up come on let's pray come on let's pray is everything alright is everything alright will you come come just as you are Come just as you are in that name that's above every name. In that name that's, that's above every name. That's right, Lord. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your help. Cry out to God. It won't do you no good in the lake of fire to cry. You can cry and beg all you want to in the lake of fire, but you better come today when crying and praying will do you good. church let's pray church hungry hearts eternity bound are weeping at our altar today oh god oh god let's cry out for god let's cry out for mercy while mercy is available while mercy is available hallelujah 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 hallelujah
1: you're not too far gone, the Lord can reach you. Ah, he can reach you. He can reach you. Believe him today. Believe this man of God today. Tell out to him. Lay that sin on the altar right now. Lay it down. Lay it down. He'll give you deliverance over it. Put it on this altar. He'll give you deliverance over it. Put it on this altar. Put it on this altar. He'll give you deliverance over it. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Go away. Oh, my Jesus. Faith. I receive my son. Now I am happy all the day. Oh, at the cross, at the cross where I first saw. And the burden of my heart. I received my son and now I am happy all the days. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, 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 yes. yes.